Yet a Christ-minded believer will recognize the potential of the negative emotions and choose to be optimistic. A Christ-minded believer will face opposition. They'll face resistance and things that come against us. But they'll see it as an opportunity for change, for growth, for maturity, and to see God's miracle-working power at work in our lives. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. An overcomer is a person who defeats, beats, or conquers trouble, opposition, situation, and circumstances. He or she is successful at dealing with or gaining control of problems or difficulties. And as Christ-minded believers, spirit-filled believers, we're going to deal with trouble, trials, situations, and people or situations that oppose us. It's part of the process as the Lord dealt with opposition. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. The book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. And the Bible reads as follows. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. He who is not with me or following me or supporting me is against me, in opposition to me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. See, opposition makes us uncomfortable in many cases. It can cause distress as well as uneasiness. See, opposition can bring some strong emotions into a situation from us or the opposer, such as anger, rejection, discontentment, misery, bitterness, strife, and such like. Yet a Christ-minded believer will recognize the potential of the negative emotions and choose to be optimistic. A Christ-minded believer will face opposition. They'll face resistance and things that come against us. But they'll see it as an opportunity for change, for growth, for maturity, and to see God's miracle-working power at work in our lives. For example, financial opposition, we, we learn about money. Health opposition teaches us that, Jesus, you took stripes for my healing. What are you teaching me about your power to heal my body? And how many know that God can heal your body despite whatever you go through? There's not a sickness or disease that God cannot handle. Marriage opposition let, Lord, this is the spouse that you instructed me to become one with. Help us to work, walk on one accord with you, your word, and each other. See, it takes us letting or allowing the mind of Christ to be in us before we can deal with opposition in, light, in such manner. See, we need to become optimistic, positive, hopeful, and confident rather than pessimistic, defeated, someone who lacks hope. We see in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We, we got to allow the mind of Christ, his thinking, his talking, his shared views and values be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. We must allow his views, his thoughts, his opinion, his word, his rule and reign 
in our lives, even though we may be dealing with troubles, trials, and challenges. And let me say this to you. The word of God is more powerful than the trials or the troubles or the challenges that you face. I should have got more amens than that. The word of God is more powerful than the troubles, the trials, and the challenges that you may face. That's better. That's better. See, the Lord would deal with our attitude and mindset when it comes to how we handle situations that tempt to oppress us, depress us, or overthrow us. You know, one thing I learned about God, God won't stop the problem from coming your way, but he'll change you in the middle of the problem you're dealing with. He lets us know that our attitude would definitely impact our attitude. Let's go to John 16 and verse 33. The book of John chapter 16 and verse 33. The Bible reads as follows. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, you may have harmony, safety, tranquility, as well as prosperity. Because in the world you're going to have oppression, tribulation, oppression, affliction. But be of good cheer, be of good courage and comfort. I have overcome the world. He's conquered, he's gained the victory over the world. He lets us know where our peace is, is in Jesus. But he also lets us know that in the world, there's going to be tribulation. But notice how our attitude should be. Be of good cheer. Why are you letting this trouble and trial and tribulation get you down? Why are you letting it oppress you and tell you that the trouble and trial got the best of you? When Jesus said, be of what? Good cheer. Because why? He overcome the world. And if you're in Christ, if you got the mind of Christ, you're going to overcome the world as well. Now, that brings us to Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse 9. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12. And the reason I want to bring verse 9 into it, because it will be discussed in the latter part of the teaching. And we need to understand all of this scripture. Revelation chapter 12, starting at verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Let me read verse 12 to you because 12 is, is powerful scripture too. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he, ought, that he has a short time. Wow. Let's take a moment to give a little background on the text. The accuser, Satan, the devil, has been standing for God making accusations or claims about the brethren or fellow believers. We know that we read in scripture that Job came up as a conversation piece. In fact, God brought Job's name up because Job, Job was blameless. He was upright. 
And the right circumstances the devil brings up, the right trial, the right tribulation, the right adversity, will he continue to reference you and respect you? In fact, let's look at that in Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, for where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Job chapter 1 verse 9 reads as follows. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. I want you to notice Job chapter 1 and verse 11. It indicates how Satan brought accusation against Job. Remember that the mode of operation of the accuser in heaven and on earth is the same. He is an accuser. So notice Job 1 and 11. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And he will surely, he, not might, he will surely, notice how Satan put it up. He will surely, a belief that, that what they say is true. He will surely curse you to your face. He will surely speak evil to you. See, the accuser made an accusation before God concerning Job that if given the right circumstance, Job will curse or speak evil against God. And see, there are people who will make accusations toward us. Given the right circumstances, we will stray from God and his will for our lives. They will say things like he or she would not tell the whole truth if they think it will help their agenda. They will make innuendos, false claims against me, your sisters and brothers in Christ, and such like. And this can happen in the church as well as outside the church. People have a mindset of accusing others, rarely focus on their own actions. It's always somebody else's fault. And they'll say this too. They'll say things like, remember their past, once a, always a. Jesus already spoke to us about our attitude when opposition comes. Again, John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I like what he says. Be of good cheer. Be of courage and comfort. See, we can, re- we can remain courageous, brave, and fearless and have comfort freedom mentally and emotionally in God because of the promises we have found in Revelation chapter 12 
and verse 11. And they overcame him. Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him. They remained steadfast in the faith. Despite the opposition, despite everything they brought up against them, they were victorious, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So we don't look at two resources or weapons that gives us the victory during times of opposition. No, remember Revelation 12 and 11, the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. Go to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22. Book of Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22. And the Bible reads as follows. And according to the law, Almost all things are purified with blood and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. And according to the law, almost all things are purified. They are cleansed. They are purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness or pardoning of sins. See, no matter what I've done or been accused of, whether guilty or not guilty beforehand, I can overcome by the blood of a lamb. But that's good news right now. I can overcome by the blood of the lamb. Now, not just any blood, but what? The blood of the what? Lamb. That's important to know. Go to John 1 and 29. John 1 and 29. I need to know why I'm overcoming, though. And one thing, let me say this to you. I'll be talking about this a little as we go. It's not your blood that helps you to overcome. It's his blood that helps us to overcome. John 1 and 29. Notice, that, notice what, John, what John wrote. Now, remember now, John is also the writer of the book of Revelation. But I want you to notice what was revealed to John in John 1 and 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ooh that same Lamb that was, that was revealed to us in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. The Lamb of God. But notice what the Lamb going to do. It's going to take away the sin of the world. I like the fact that the Lamb of God is going to take it away. He's going to remove it. He's going to carry it off, but not just carry anything off. He's going to carry the sins when we miss the mark, when we wander from the path of God, when we violate the divine law of God, when we err, he's going to carry that away. Now, I said that in a personal way because it's personal to me, because I love the fact that when I Ask Jesus to come into my life and I ask God to forgive me of my sins. Whether you like it or not, God will take away the mark. He'll cause, he, listen, when I wander from the path of God, he'll forgive me for that. When I violated the divine law of God, he will forgive me for that. He will also forgive me when I err. So I'm not just looking at the world, but I'm looking at my personal life. That God says, I will forgive you, son. You receive me as your Lord and your Savior. I will forgive you. Listen, why? That's why I shed my blood. Woo! Thank God for the blood. So I, 
by getting happy about it. One, let me give you some more of this. One fact is clear when it comes to God. Number one, you cannot lie to God. You cannot lie to God. For God is truth and he knows everything. He knows whether or not a person would do a particular thing before he does it. Even Satan cannot tell God something he does not already know. Oh, Jesus. Well, this is good stuff, Lord. Let me show you that God knows everything. I got several scriptures, but let me give you one. 1 John 3 and 20. 1 John 3 and 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. In this First John 3 and 20, for if our heart condemns us, condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows, he understands, has all information. He is aware of all truth of every circumstance and every situation. He knows all things. He knows all things. There's nothing you can bring up to God he doesn't already know the outcome of. Good God Almighty. Woo! He already knows the outcome. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. But he's already given you a way of escape. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, God's not trying to learn anything. For he knows and he understands and has all truth to all matters of every subject matter, of every situation in the past, the present, and in the future. And so the accuser is making accusations against the brethren day and night and constantly before God. And God is allowing him. So, but this is what you got to understand. God knows whether or not the brethren are going to be guilty of the accusation. Because if he knows you're going to be guilty of the accusation, he says, okay, I got to make a way of escape for him. Because, see, an accusation is only as good if you're guilty of it. Mm. Stay with us. Stay with us now. And see, the accusation is making, he's making accusation against the brethren. And one could say that the brethren has been guilty of violating the law of God in the past. And may even violate in the future. Can you see him bringing accusation for you day and night? And then he knows everything because the devil, he only knew so much. But God knows everything. I'm making accusation against Job. Listen, would Job mess up? And God said in his mind, no, he ain't going to mess up. But I'm going to show him anyway. But think about it, though. What if we were up there? He was making accusation against what? The brethren, right? The fellow believers. And he's looking at not just at Job, but I'm sure he's looking at all of us in the sanctuary. He's looking not not just at Pastor Dobbs, but he's looking at my my sisters and brothers in Christ. He saw me before I came out of my mother's womb. He saw my past, and he sees my present, and he sees my future. And there's nothing he don't, listen, there's nothing happening right now that God doesn't know about. There's not one thing happening right now that God has not already got privileged information and knows about. He knows everything. Oh, thank God he knows everything. Somebody say, thank God he knows everything. God knows whether or not what's going to happen in Job's life is going to be true or not. See, they're bringing accusation against you. See, remember, he made, if Job were put in this situation, he will curse you. But God knew the answer to the question. Y'all see that? 
Now, the, Satan didn't know, but God knew the answer to that particular dilemma. See, God knows whether a person is going to stray away from the commandments of God or not. We do not, we don't know what was said after that point when he was making all the accusations day and night, but we do know this. God chose to put the accuser out of heaven. And the accuser was put down in a lower place. He was put down to a lower place. And the Bible tells us in, verse, in Revelation 12, verse 9, he was put down here to earth. And you know what he was doing when he got to earth? He was still making accusations. He was still making. Listen, not only was he making accusations against Job, but let me say in 2023, he will probably make accusations against us too as well. That devil is something else. uh, And the next verse, the next verse in Revelation 12, verse 10, I believe. He was cast down. He was cast down. He was cast down. The brother who be accused overcame him, verse 11. It's going to be Revelation 12 and verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. Remember, he's cast down in verse 9. And then. He was accusing day and night. He's been cast down in verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The brother who were being accused overcame him by the blood of the lamb. One factor, two factors they overcame, but there were two factors. One is the blood of the lamb. I'll be honest with you. I've learned that the accuser is real. He's real. And still operating here on the earth, but also learn that the real power is in the blood of a lamb. The real power is in the blood of a lamb, the blood of a lamb. See, the accuser's nature from the time he was in heaven was he was accusing. And so he's on earth right now, accusing, finding fault, criticizing and so forth. And see, when the accuser was cast to earth thousands of years ago, he continued his accusatory ways. He continued his accusatory ways. In my opinion, he's probably gotten a little bit better. Making accusations against mankind. He has become more effective in achieving his goal. In fact, let's look at one example he did when Jesus was on the earth. John chapter 8, verse 10 and verse 11. John chapter 8, verse 10 and verse 11. And the Bible says, reads as follows. Let me say this to you. They caught a woman in adultery. She was caught. Now, let me say this to you. She was guilty. She was, she was caught. And, you know, I would go and t- try to make excuses for her, but I'm not. Because one thing I know about God, God loved this woman. He loved this woman. How do you know, Pastor Dog? Because he said, hey, the verse earlier says, he who, he who, he who, who, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. That's verse 7. Everybody caught in adultery. He said, look, all of you, all of you who caught him, those of you who are free of sin, you can throw your stone at her. Mm. Caught. Caught. But notice how God changed that thing on him though. Okay. She caught. But you that were not sin. But notice what Jesus said in verse 10. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, 
Notice how Jesus' words are carefully said here. Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Notice he used that word what? Accusers. Same word accusers were given back in Revelation chapter 12 and verse what? 10 and 11 so forth. Notice this, accusers, accusers. Where are your accusers? But notice what Jesus said. He has, has no one condemned you? Verse 11. So she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. But notice what he said. Go and sin no more. I'm not, listen, I'm not accusing you. I know the accuser caught you and you were guilty, but I'm not holding you any longer. Just go and sin no more. I like that about God. See, the accuser going to bring up stuff to you. The accuser and Satan are the same. One can tell by their mode of operation, which has not changed since the beginning. He is still making accusations today against the brethren or fellow believers. If you've been saved any length of time, chances are they have brought accusations against you as well. Accusations like, they do not like me. They think they're better than me. They do not treat me fair. They like them better than me. They let them get away with everything and me nothing. Accuse them at work. See, understanding the strategy of the enemy can help us to overcome him. And the enemy is still working today. Therefore, we need the mind of Christ if we overcome the strategy of the accuser. In my personal opinion, our natural thinking and reason will not work against the devil. We need the mind of Christ. That's why Paul wanted the church of Philippi to have the mind of Christ. I believe he knew that the mind of Christ would help us to maintain our faith, even through times of accusation. If we're going to live the mind of Christ, be, live the life of a Christ-minded overcomer, we need the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus no matter what you've done or said or did not say or do, however you may have violated the divine law of God, we have the answer. Our answer is Jesus. Jesus. Where you, where you get that from, Pastor Dobbs? John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus, who is the Lamb, shed his blood for the remission of sin. Hebrews 9.22. And according to the law. Almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood. There is no remission. See Jesus shed his blood. And every accusation. Every false and real report. Every act. Every deed that violated God's written and revealed word. Has been forgiven. If you receive Jesus as your Lord. And your savior. Boy that's good news today. That means everything you were caught at doing, Jesus will forgive you if you ask him. 
He'll forgive you. He'll have, listen, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his love. I thank God. But I was so happy when I read this. Really, I'm more excited when I'm trying. I just want to be calm, though, so y'all can get this teaching right here. But you must understand, for all of us who have messed up in the past, present, and in the future, you thank God for the blood of the Lamb. You thank God you can be forgiven. You can go to God and say, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I cussed him out. Yeah, I went there. Yeah. I did this but God had I asked you to forgive me God it was a momentary lapse God it was sometimes we need momentary sometimes we were planned out but God will have mercy on your soul Lord thank God for the blood of Jesus that was shed back on the cross called Calvary and without the shedding of blood but he shed his blood the reason we can Go before him right now. It's because he shed his blood. The reason you can pray right now is because he shed his blood. The reason some, listen, people may or may not forgive you, but because Jesus shed his blood. He, good God almighty. Listen, I'm more interested in being right standing with God than I am with man. Because if God will forgive me, people may or may not. And that's how I overcome. I didn't overcome by my blood. My blood was ragged. They put that stuff under, under the microscope. And they, ooh, can't use this blood right here. They really had to put it under the microscope. They could have looked at it. Get this out of here. But when they put Jesus' blood under the microscope, his blood was pure. They couldn't find no violation of the law. They couldn't find anything. And so... We overcome by the blood of a lamb. The second way we overcome is by the word of our testimony. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Reminds us, therefore we also, since we are surrounded both by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, steadfastness, perseverance, and consistency, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, he no when he endured, he bared it bravely and calmly. The cross despising the shame and sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice how Jesus handled one of the greatest oppositions on the earth. His his death at the hands of man that he came to save. He came and he shed his blood. He shed his blood. He endured the cross. Oh God, despising the shame that was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Therefore, we overcome by sharing with others that Jesus came and gave us an opportunity to receive and be kept by salvation. My testimony is this. It wasn't my blood. It wasn't me. Look, if it up to me, I would probably be in separated from God right now. I will still be in my sins, but because Jesus shed his blood, he died back on the cross at Calvary, I'm still alive right now because he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came, amen, so that I can have peace that passes all understanding. That's my testimony. My testimony is, listen, I was a sinner, low down rank sinner. I did it. Yeah, I was a guilty. Wasn't no question whether or not I was guilty. I was guilty and but Jesus shed his blood 
He went to that cross and we're alive right now. And let me say this to you. If you want to be saved, you want to be filled with his spirit, receive what Jesus did back at the cross at Calvary. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God he endured the cross. I could not have done this on my own. You know, we're not even saved right now on our own. Mm-mm. Well, we can keep our own if we wanted to. Too many of us have messed up on the floor. Look how we looking today. I know y'all look good. Y'all look innocent and everything. But if I was to go back a week and see how many times we doubted God, doubt his promises, doubted this, that, and the other. But God's grace kept us all the way through. You thought you couldn't do it, but God said, I got you. Lord, how many times? Oh, good God. I hear you, Lord. How many times did God just step in and say, I got you? I got you. I know that may not be good, but you know what? Sometimes it's good to know God saying, I got you. In the middle of your trial, I got you. In the middle of your finances, I got you. Any good to know God got you? You been riding down the road, know that God got you. Woo. Ever been hungry, know God got you. Ever know that bill a little bit, I don't know where the money coming from, but God got you. Oh, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. Anything you ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. In my closing, I want to share with you six strategies that will help us to overcome as Christ-minded believers. Now, there are more than six, but I'm just going to give you six, okay? One, pray and fast. Pray and fast. Involve Jesus in matters by seeking his guidance in prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 21. However, this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. See, we must discern what this kind is for our lives. See, some things, some things, people and situations will only go out or depart or go away by prayer and fasting. Why? Because it become a stronghold mentally and emotionally in our lives. This kind does not go out, depart, or release except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting can take you a long way, my brothers and sisters. Second thing is plan. Ask the Holy Spirit what is his plan or resolution to the matter, especially since he has promised to lead and guide us into all truth. God, what is your will for this situation? What is your will for me in this situation? Luke 22 and 42, saying, Father, if it, if it is your will, if it is your will, if it is your purpose, if it is your desire, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Let it come into existence. Luke 22 and 42. We have to know God's will from our will. His purpose from our purpose. The Holy Spirit knows his plan, his strategies, the objectives and resolution to whatever trouble, trial, and situation that come our way. That's how we overcome. We follow his plan, his objective, his strategy in order to overcome whatever situation is up, comes up in our life. Therefore, it's up to us to seek his will and accept his will for our lives. Not my will, but your will be done. Can I be real with you? I've been saved for a number of years, and I, I still don't like all his will. Pray my strength, okay? I know I need Jesus. I ain't going to lie to you. This is something God going to tell you to do. Remember when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross of Calvary? He said, look what? Not my will, but your will be done? Hey, that's after 33 and a half years, y'all. <laughs> so think about where you at in your life. 
Every now and then, God can give you something that you may not like. But remember, his will is going to be what's best for you. Are y'all following me? Seek the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit's power and strength to implement his plan with fidelity. It's important that I'm a good witness and representative of Jesus for others, myself, and my oppressor. Oppressor. Opposer, I should say. Opposer. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. But you shall receive power, strength, might, and ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. You should be evidence and proof, a good representative of Jesus in Billerica and in Noonan and in Harrelson County and Paulding County and every surrounding state of Georgia and the world, you'll be a witness for Jesus. You'll be a witness for Jesus. See, the Lord gives us power to be proof of his miracle working power in our lives, his deliverance, his protection, and his prosperity. See, you are a living witness, lived and read of men. Because some people are not going to read the Bible till they read you first. They're going to go to Richard chapter 1 verse 2 and see how he at in this situation circumstance. And then at that word, they'll go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the first one they're going to read is the person that came and knocked on their door or text them or called them and checked on them and showed them the love of Christ. You show the love and that love is contagious, y'all. The love of Jesus is contagious, but I got to share it first. I can't be holding all God's love inside of me like I'm the only one that can have it. I got to share God's love. I got to show some people love. I got to show you that I'm going to call you, text you, or do whatever to you. I got to show your love, his love. And let me say, so with God's love, you won't run out. You won't run out. I promise you that. Well, Pastor Bob, they did me wrong. Yeah, probably will. Somebody will get over you sooner or later, but that's okay, though. Just repent, and that's God to forgive you. I missed it. I've been guilty of that, too. Boy, I've been guilty. I gave somebody this recently some money. I thought about that after I left. I missed that dinner, God. I just repented. and said, Lord, I'm sorry. What could I do? The money was gone then. He wasn't bringing it back. <laughs> well, y'all get that later on. I'm, that too real for y'all? All right. Let's be real. The Lord gives us power and proof of his miracle-working power. Gives us the strength, might, and ability to carry out and handle matters that come to harm and bring desolation, unhappiness, and misery in our lives. Next thing is possess understanding about afflictions. I am the first person, I am not the first person nor the last person to deal with a situation or a person. Afflictions are a part of my process to obtaining better. And God has promised to deliver me out of them all. And let me say this to you. God is a promise keeper. Ooh. How many know God's a promise keeper? Do you know that God will keep his promise despite you? Thank y'all for the four way man. Rest, pray for the rest of us, y'all. Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Notice this, many of the afflictions, the hurtful, wicked, and unpleasant matters of righteous people. Righteous people. People who are saved. People in right standing with God. But we have a promise from God. The Lord will deliver you. He'll rescue you. He'll save or recover you out of them all. 
see evil, twisted, and wicked things will come in our lives as righteous people. I wish it wouldn't, y'all. I wish we could just be good and, and evil and twisted things wouldn't come. But unfortunately, the Bible is, is better than what I think it should be. He says many of the afflictions of the righteous people, those that are deemed in right, right standing with God, we can expect those things to come, but the Lord promised to deliver us out of them all. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us out of them all. Every last one of them, financial afflictions, mental afflictions, oh, fine. oh yeah, God, health afflictions. Whatever the afflictions is, he will deliver you out of them all. How many? Part? 55%? 85%? 99.9%? All of them. Pastor, I'm in something right now. He going to get you out of it. I'm in something right now. He going to get you out of it. I don't think they believe me. Look at four or five people and tell him, you too. He'll get you out. He'll get you out too. 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 He'll get you out. He'll get you out too. He'll get you out. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Next one is ask for help, support, or assistance. We need to seek God for his help to deal with the matter. We need to seek help from others that he placed in our path with experience in matters, such as our pastor, our senior ministers, seasoned faith-filled believers. Psalms 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's our refuge. He's our shelter. He's our protector and strength, our might, our power, and our boldness, a very present Help, a very present aid, a very present support in trouble, in distress, in distress, in adversity, and in difficult situation. I thank God He know how to help us, and He's present. I mean, He's not. I thank God for future help, but I need help today. Thank y'all. I just want to see how many people could understand that part right there. Uh, sometimes you're like, "Well, God, I know you're gonna help me next week, but I need help today." And sometimes your help today is just the endurance to get through another day. You ever been through on a job and you're like, Lord, just thank you for getting me through another day. I mean, it, no, and it ain't real deep, is it? This Lord, thank you for giving me, Lord, through this Tuesday right here. Lord, this Tuesday been something else, Lord. I had to work extra hours, Lord, but I appreciate you getting me through this Tuesday. And I, on the way home, y'all be saying, thank you, God, you got me through Tuesday. Woo, glory be to God. So we go to work tomorrow, thank you for getting me through this week, God. You ever had a week felt like it was just the longest week you ever had in your life? Woo! I mean, the weekend went just like. You got out of work Friday, two, three minutes, four, five minutes later, you got to go back to work Monday. But the week, boy, woo-wee. But God will get you through that week. I'm t- that's why we rely on him. He's our strength. He's our strength. And the last one is this. Trust Jesus to be greater than my opposer. Trust Jesus to be greater than my opposer. First John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater... Is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
You of God, little children, have, have overcome them. You remain steadfast in the faith. Receive the glory. Because he who is in you is greater. He's larger and stronger than he who is in the world. God is greater. God is greater. And let me say this to you. It's not my opinion he's greater. He's greater because he's God. Get that. Because sometimes your opinion can say that God's not great because of what you're dealing with. But see, God is greater despite your opinion. Despite your circumstance, despite what everybody else tells you. The doctor said, well, I can't come through. No, God is greater. The lawyer said, you ain't going to make it. God is greater. The situation says God is what? Greater. He's greater than any circumstance or situation that comes your way. Our God is faithful, is a faithful promise keeper, despite the times I may become faithless. Troubles, trials, and difficult situations, difficult people will push us to the point. Either we're going to obey God or obey the situation. As for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. How many just say, I, I choose to serve you, Jesus? Oh, I choose to serve you, Jesus. I know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even sometimes people in your household can act funny. But as for me and my house, woo, I'm gonna, I choose to serve him. I, choose, I love you, but I choose to serve Jesus. I love you. I pray for you. I, I do whatever for you, but I choose to serve Jesus. So let me get out of that. I must remember that according to 2 Timothy 2 and 13, if we are faithless, he remains what? Faithful. He remains what? Even when we are faithless or disobeying or unfaithful, he remains faithful. He remains, listen, let me say this. You can trust him despite you sometimes. Mm. Mm. Boy, that's good teaching, Dobbs. I wish, I know some people can say that, they're 100% faith walkers all the time, but sometimes my mind just messed me up sometimes. I reason my way out of what God is doing in my life, but God remains faithful despite my reasoning, my thinking, my way I go through life, and oh, God going to do it one day, the next day. That's why you got, you can't be, un, you got to be, can't waver. Can't waver. Listen, even when the thought comes up, you can't say, hold on, what does God say? What does God say? What does God say? Okay, he said he's still going to meet the need. I know my circumstance look like he ain't going to do it, but God's still going to meet the need. He is faithful. He's trusting. One I can put confidence in. I added the definition. One I can rely on. I can rely on Jesus. I may not can rely on many other things, but I can rely on Jesus. I can rely on Jesus. This is the life of a Christ-minded overcomer. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770 
692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.